high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, everybody. Audrey Salveson here, and happy Friday to you, one and all, on the Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan, and 106onthefan.com. Huh? Hope you're having a uh, good Friday, and thanks for joining us however and wherever you are doing so. Uh, a lot to get to. NBA's uh, got a, a hopeful date to get going, uh, but in what way do they start? Do they go straight to the playoffs, they start with the regular, or they finish some of the season? Um, and how does it affect if they don't use the 16-team format? Is it better or is it worse for the Utah Excuse me, for the Utah Jazz. We'll also get into some NCAA football. Fans being allowed in the stands more and more are going that route. Not a full capacity stadium. But at least a percentage of fans being allowed. And how much that helps. Uh, we'll also look into some MLB baseball news. It's still not really it's still not really great news. In fact, the fact that you got minor leaguers being laid off is not a good sign. And it kind of makes you wonder how in the world that contract uh, was put together with, between uh, the MLB Players Association and the MLB itself that, uh, that minor league players aren't getting paid, even though they're in the league, that they're being laid off and they're being told that they aren't going to get paid. That's a tough, tough thing to have to have happen. Uh, bef- go ahead. Are you, did you see David Price? Did you talk about that? No. He's going to pay out of his own pocket. Oh, yeah, I did see that. To this. help pay for uh, players in the Dodgers system so they still get paid. He's doing something Anybody right. who was not already on a 40-man roster. Isn't that for the Dodgers system? Yeah, right? only the Dodgers. Okay. Yes. Yeah, he's not doing that for everybody in the minor leagues. He, That's I mean, he has hundreds money and yeah. hundreds of players. Yeah. But uh, it's unfortunate. And I think when this contract between the Player Association and the MLB – when it expires and they redo a new one, hopefully the Players Association will be smart enough to say, you know what, let's take care of the minor leaguers. Or, excuse me, minor leaguers. Let's make sure they get the money that they need to uh, in case something like this comes up. And, you know, kind of like you talked about yesterday, um, there's never... You, you don't plan for something like this. But now I think after this, everybody's planning for something like this in the future if it were ever to come up again. And hopefully they can handle it, uh, and hopefully things will be handled a little bit better on the negotiation side of it. Hey, before we get into anything else, Eric, uh, let's take a step aside sports for just a moment. Um, this, this murder that happened with Greg Lloyd um, at the hands of officer, or excuse me, former officer Derek Chauvin, um, who, by the way, was t- today charged with third-degree murder and manslaughter in the death of Greg Floyd. Greg Floyd, sorry, not Greg Lloyd, excuse me. Yeah, they were. They did finally find him and arrest him. The problem... No, forget that. Um, as bad as what officer... No, I mean, he's not an officer. It's Derek. As bad as what Derek did and the crime he committed, the riots that are happening around the country are just as scary and just as worse. You know, I I, I actually, I didn't know until today, and this is just almost naive of me, Eric, 
Um, an officer was shot in Ogden, I believe. Yeah. It's responding to a domestic violence a violence thing. call. Is that what it was? Yeah. And, and and I know it was happening during our show. And um, it's scary what's going on out in the world. Uh, and it's the worst part is it it doesn't look like it's gonna like we all say it's gonna get better. But I mean, I'm not so sure. These this is some scary, scary stuff. And I watch videos of the riots. I watched AutoZone get burnt down. I watched a, um, a, a, another, I guess, Foot Locker pretty much get raided and robbed and, and emptied out by a bunch of people who just went in there and took whatever they wanted. It, you're not helping the cause. Well, like, what's what's sad and unfortunate uh, in this is there, well, there's a lot that's sad and unfortunate. Yes. But you have some like Colin Kaepernick who are advocating for, for riots and violence. And then you also have people like President Donald Trump who's really not helping things much either his tweet last night didn't help inciting violence of his own so no it's not the right approach so what i guess what i'm asking you is if you are on social media if you are you know sharing your opinion you can do it in a way that is by words without without viciously attacking people you can share your opinions, your thoughts, and your desire and want to see, um, to see proper treatment from police officers, to see, to see peace. And I know that sounds like a cliche and uh, romantic and cheesy thing, but it—I mean, it really is. Just to see peace and calm, it, it's something that this country needs. And, and unfortunately, our leaders really haven't given it to us, um, and and neither has the response to the situation. Um, or authorities, to be honest with you. And so, uh, find a way to share your opinions. Find a way to share your thoughts without being vicious, physically or verbally. Because that's going to just, that's going to take even a, a bigger step back for us as, as, a, as a humanity. Um, and, uh, I mean, it is absolutely horrific and tragic what happened to to uh, Greg Floyd. It is horrible. And it, and it makes me sick to my stomach. I've seen the video once and once as I want to see it as. But that, there's a different way to respond than what the response is right now. A lot of... The way this relates to what you know we're normally talking about on any day of the week is that there are a lot of athletes that are using their opportunity, the, the platform that they have, to speak out on this. Carson Wentz. Um, yeah, a number of athletes. A number of athletes. And not just and not just African American. No. We're talking no, no, no. all races right. are coming out and saying we can be better. Right. It's um yeah, it's, it's <sighs> treating people like that is totally unacceptable. Um but also But the response has not been much better. But also better. breaking windows and going in and grabbing the latest edition of <laughs> Whoever's shoe is a reaction buildings. as a reaction to that is also unacceptable. Find a way to respond in a, in in a in a manner that is not violent, but shares your opinion with strong passion. That can be done. It is possible. You just got to find a way. Take a deep breath before you touch the keyboard. Take a deep breath and think about the things you're saying. Reread it. Before you push send, before you push post, so that you know that your opinion's getting out there, 
that is going to be, whether they agree with it or not, it doesn't matter. But it's your opinion without being violent. And that can be possible. And if you want to say something and stand for something, man, read Dr. Martin Luther King. Oh, my gosh. Read Gandhi. I mean, those are a couple of figures that— Mother Teresa was a big one, too, yeah. That advocated for change, but in a peaceful way. So, yeah. Okay. I just had to get that because I feel like we can't start a show without acknowledging what has gone on. Um, right, because honestly, it, athletes haven't. Right, a lot of athletes and sports figures have gotten uh, gotten involved in, in in some of the dialogue and some of the debate in this. All right, should we talk sports? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's let's let's, let's, talk let's, let's talk sports. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that the NBA is planning on a Thursday vote of the Board of Governors with an expectation that owners will approve Adam Silver's recommendation on a format to restart the season in Orlando. Sources tell ESPN that that season would start at the end of July. The question now has become, in fact, the majority of NBA GMs, according to Tim Bontemps of ESPN, will have vote to restart the season by going straight to the playoffs. Then the question becomes, is it just with the typical 16 playoff teams and you split them into conferences, Western and Eastern Conference, like we've been doing for the last how many years, or do we go 1 through 16 in the NBA? Eric, if, as a Jazz fan, you and I, what do we say? I mean, what is our opinion? Where do you stand on it? What would you like to see? Are you okay with the 1 through 16 All-NBA, or would you rather see conferences split? And then meet each other in the NBA Finals. I think if you do it in a different way, then the asterisk that was already going to be talked about will be talked about at an even greater detail. I think if you want to change the playoff format, change it when it's a regular circumstance that everybody knows about and prepares for and knows it's coming. To do it all of a sudden and just say, hey, we're going to... Since things are weird right now, we're going to totally change how we crown a champion. I just, <laughs> it just doesn't sit well with me. I mean, I, I believe me, I get it. Things are different now. It's a unique time, and you look at doing things in a unique way. But if we're going to fundamentally change how playoffs are done, let's let's do that when we have a full season and an understanding of hey, playoff positioning is very different. Because not only where you are in the West, but just where you are in general. So I think that changes what kind of matchups you might want. Teams may want to try to position themselves one way or another in the West versus if they were to look at 1 through 16. So in a survey with all 30 general managers of the NBA, which was viewed by ESPN, 16 said they would prefer the league come back with just the typical 16 playoff teams, with the teams and seedings based on the standings when the season was suspended on March 12th. That was one of four potential return-to-play options presented, and it earned more votes than the other three options combined. Those other three options were resume the regular season with all 30 teams, followed by a play-in tournament, go straight to the playoffs with either a play-in tournament or a World Cup-style group stage, and then the one that received the least amount of votes resume the regular season with all 30 teams, and then go straight to the playoffs. That only got one vote. One. The play-in tournament got eight, and the World Cup style got five. So we're just... So we just go straight to the playoffs, if this were the case. 
and start when the season was suspended. Does that mean Utah still plays Houston, or do they play Oklahoma City then? Wait, I'm confused. Okay, go ahead. Say that last part again. <clears throat> okay. So this would mean that the highest amount of votes got the typical 16 playoff teams, and the teams and seedings would be based on the standings when the season was suspended on March 12th. Okay. So the Jazz were in the number four position so at that four? moment. Yes. So then that means they would be playing if, oh, there we go, fifth place would be. That's Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. City. And then you get the Lakers in the next round. But again, there's no home court advantage because we're in Orlando anyway. Yeah, doesn't matter. Do you? Just, do you feel like you play better in white jerseys or colored jerseys? That's the only difference. Do you think we can go to Western Conference Finals with the Lakers and on on a neutral court in Orlando? What? Why are you asking that question? You have them cooked, done. If they play Houston, if they play Houston, if they play Houston, that's the only team that that's a problem. Did not have Boyan Bogdanovich. Oklahoma City Thunder is not a problem. They have rookies and Chris Paul. They're. And we have Rudy they're, they're playing and way better than a lot of us expected them to play. Okay, great, but but I agree. I mean, they've got some. Their guard play is very problematic. If we Chris play, Paul and then the German guy off the bench. Now all of a sudden I can't think of his name. Oh, uh, not Steve. Not Stephen Adams. Um, got the little like light hair. Yeah, I got you. Okay, so spot on his head. Dallas scares me. Schroeder. Oh, Den- uh, Den- not is it Dennis Schroeder? I can't remember his name. <laughs> Leave me alone. Hey, but do you know what that means? That means Portland would not be in the playoffs. They'd be three games out, so they're out of it. So it would be Lakers and Grizzlies. Yes, you're right. Dennis Schroeder. Why'd you laugh at me? You, yeah, yeah. Who knows now? Who knows now? Who's, who's have the big talk now? Huh? So here's what the Western Conference playoffs would look like if it was a Western Conference theme or a conference theme playoff. Lakers, Grizzlies. Clippers, Mavericks. That'd be a heck of a series, by the way. Love to see that. Nuggets, Rockets. That'd be a great That'd series, be a too. a good one. And Jazz, Oklahoma City, Thunder. And I would like, I think that could be really interesting for a lot of people because the Jazz and Thunder seem to be meeting each other a lot in the playoffs. Jazz have gotten the better of Oklahoma City in a lot of these, but it seems like it's always Utah, Oklahoma City, and Houston. That are facing each other in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that's been the last uh, two matchups, right? For the uh, Utah Jazz in the playoffs, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then the Rockets, right? Uh, in the Eastern Conference, if we were going to one to eight right now, it'd be the Bucks and Magic. Boring. Rap- yeah. Raptors and Nets could get intriguing if and only if two players. So play. let me ask you: Does Durant have to play to make it interesting, or is Kyrie enough to be able to maybe get you over the top of the Raptors? Uh, I don't think he's enough to get okay. him over the Raptors, but he's enough to make it an interesting series. So Durant would help to push him over, then. Yes. Okay. If Durant and Kyrie play, that could be a major upset. Uh, this one could be a dandy. Celtics in the Seventy Sixers. You know, there's a brawl coming there, and the Heat and Pacers could also be really good as well. Yeah. Kind of back to their olden days of 2010, 11, and 12 when it would be uh, LeBron versus Lance Stevenson and Paul George and that crew. Oh, yeah. That was vicious, vicious Eastern Conference basketball. So here's here's what I like about it. 
Jazz playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think Jazz can get out in six. Playing the Lakers on a neutral court is not a given for the Lakers. I think the Jazz match up decent with L.A. You got to find a way to, if you can stop LeBron, you stop the Lakers. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Who's going to get that assignment? Okay, Who's going to slow down okay, LeBron? Fine. You, okay, you know what? Here's here's what you do then. You go back to 2012 or 10 or whatever, and you make LeBron, or no, sorry, you make everybody else beat you. You make Alex Caruso. You make Rajah Rondo hit an outside shot for once in his life. You make Anthony Davis have to play against Rudy Gobert. That's the problem. I can handle everybody else. But Anthony Davis could put the team on his back no, for big could. stretches. No, well, okay. He could handle it for maybe a couple minutes, three-minute stretch. But if you have the Stifle Tower, Rudy Gobert, guarding him, it's not going to be as easy as you think. And LeBron's not going to score 80 points in a game. No, it's true. But what I worry about is that second round, they'll be a little more tuned up. They'll be a little more dialed in. Especially if we start the playoffs We from... Go. We start at the playoffs. There's no games leading up to it. If it starts at the playoffs, I, I think that LA gets past the first round. But in the second round, and there are going to be some bad basketball from everybody in the first round. But by the second round, they'll be more tuned up, more ready to go, more focused. And I think that could be a bit more of a challenge for Utah than if they were to try to maybe catch them by surprise in the first round. I uh, I feel like they could at least, well, I don't know. I still think they have a fair shot against them. If it's Oklahoma City Thunder, they're getting beaten four games. They don't match up well with Oklahoma City. They match up okay with the Clippers. I don't know if they get out of there with a series win. Memphis State sweep. Uh, Dallas, I think they could beat. Nuggets, they'd beat. But, I mean, someone else is going to have to be a good scorer and a clutch shooter now that Boyan's out. That's that's the biggest thing for me. So, yeah, uh, again, the biggest question, always among the questions regarding return uh, of the season is, do you go 16, 8-8 eight and eight in each conference, or do you go 16 flat out, best 16 to match it up and go? If that is the case, Utah's playing Houston in a 7-10 series. That's what you're looking at. Uh, and according to uh, the uh, ESPN, among the questions regarding a return of all 30 teams and a resumption of the regular season, 18 of the 30 teams voted for getting all teams to 72 games, meaning all 30 teams would play 5 to 9 more games. 12 teams voted for getting all teams to 76, which would require teams to play 9 to 13. Those votes, according to ESPN, fell in line with the question asking what the minimum number of regular season games needed for return to play was with 12 teams voting for five and nine voting for 10 or more. Really, I guess the, the response is, is that they don't want to play regular season. I mean, like, when should the season end? There's five options. Labor Day, uh, October 1st, October 15th, November 1st. None of those received 10 votes. October 1st led the way with nine. Wow. Huh. So I, I I would almost say that we're gonna probably go straight to the playoffs. It just seems like teams don't want to play more regular season games. Well, there's this thought about a kind of a pseudo play-in tournament. Yeah. To give those teams that are on the edge a a, a chance, but 
There's teams that are not fans of that, eight, though. If you're at eighth spot, do you have to participate in that? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been playing to earn the right to already be the eighth spot. And to, you already have a three-game cushion over the next opponent. Yeah, that, or if you're in the East, you have a five-game Again, that, that received the second highest amount of votes of, of, of eight votes, but resume the regular season with all 30 teams followed by a play-in tournament. See, that's what, yeah, if you're going to resume the regular season, you don't need a play-in tournament. No, no. You just go straight to the playoffs. Whoever's earned it has earned it. You don't need no, to no, have wait. a play-in tournament. No, wait, you said if you're going to resume the regular season, you go straight to the playoffs. That doesn't make sense. You oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, so what, uh, what I meant to, to say, playoffs. you resume the regular season and then go to the playoffs from there. You don't need a play-in tournament. What's the play-in tournament for? Is it to get to the playoffs? Is that what it is? Right, to determine who who goes and who doesn't. So why would you resume a regular season and then go into a play-in tournament? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. You have to do one or the other. But uh, it's still a little uncertain, like, who would be involved in this play-in tournament? Oh, you yeah. You take that's... teams seven and eight that already have... Their position. Here's Adrian Wojnarowski with more on that. You know, the one proposal that I think has gained momentum among teams and owners and, and more people are comfortable with, the 22, uh, 22 teams returning, a play-in tournament, teams potentially from the East and West getting an opportunity uh, to jump up into an eighth seed. Interesting. Still not a fan of it. We don't need a playing tournament. If you're playing regular season games, you do the regular season, and then whoever is the top eight is the top eight, and you let them play. Let's move on. We don't need a playing tournament. No, and it's if, unnecessary. Uh, because then, who? How do you decide who participates in that? That's where I just don't. Yeah, I don't get. Yeah, and that. And again, you bring up a great point here. By the way, is Mark Cuban of the Dallas Mac. Now he has a playoff proposal, but when you listen to the playoff proposal. He's trying to benefit his own team with all due respect. You know, you're going to have to play games before we get into the playoffs. You don't want to throw guys right into the, the heat of the playoffs. Just physically, it'd be a problem. Part two of the proposal was take the top 10 teams from each conference. Then you have a one game or three game play in where 20 plays 17 and 18 plays 19. And then that goes into the playoffs from there. I still feel like he's trying to do it so he didn't set himself up to play the Clippers. <laughs> I swear, I really am. He doesn't uh, want to mess with Paul George know. and Kawhi. I mean, it, I think it benefits Utah to say, let's just go straight to the playoffs in the format that we have now because it's Oklahoma City. And they're tied with Houston, but Oklahoma City has the tiebreaker. If there are additional games played, there's a chance that Houston could be that team instead. And then the Jazz would have to face the Rockets instead of the Thunder. But... I also understand what Mark Cuban is saying. It, it's, it makes sense to have some tune-up games before you get into the very competitive playoffs where guys who haven't been playing ball for three months, by the end of July, it's like four and a half, give them some, some games to, to get under their belt before they get into the very competitive playoffs. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, uh, a couple of things. One... NFL has some rule changes on their mind. We're going to go through those, what we like, what we dislike, what is actually realistic into happening, and what is not. And then fans in the stands, a percentage of fans being allowed to attend a game. Does that affect what teams 
will say yes and no to non-conference games. We'll explain what we mean. Eric Franson there. I'm Audrey Salveson. This is 106 NFM, 1390 AM, and 106NFan.com. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Audrey Salveson, Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan, and 106.com. Great to have you joining us, however and wherever you are doing so. Hope your Friday is good as you get ready for the weekend on a short week. Thank you, Memorial Day. Uh, Eric, there are some... The NFL owners have approved of three rule changes for the 2020 season. One of them that was hopefully going to be approved was not. Uh, so here's the approved rule changes. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Expansion of automatic replay in reviews to include scoring plays and turnovers negated by a foul and any successful or unsuccessful try attempt. Uh, that was by Philadelphia. The competition committee expands defenseless or yeah, defenseless player protection to a kickoff or punt return who is in possession of the ball but who has not had time to avoid or ward off the impending contact of an opponent. And again, by the competition committee, prevents teams from manipulating the game clock by committing multiple dead ball fouls while the clock is running. Guess who was the first to do it? <laughs> yeah, the New England Patriots That's exploited right. this rule. And then Mike Vrabel, while playing the Patriots in a playoff game, said, you know what, it's a good idea. <laughs> I get so then he did it, and Bill Belichick went nuts. He well, Bill- lost his mind. It was hilarious. It was like, dude... This, you made this bed. You got to sleep in it. Uh, and then also, by league office, increases the number of players that may be designated for return from two to three. Incorporates interpretation of applicable to bye weeks during the regular season and postseason. So that's one. The other one uh, that was not approved was the onside kick rule. And what was being uh, hoped for here? is that they were hoping that they were able to, instead of doing an onside kick, it'd be like it's 4th and 15. Right? So instead of trying to convert an onside kick, or trying to convert a 4th and 15, which actually would have worked. I actually think it would have. I thought it would have been great, because it gives them a better chance to be able to accomplish it. The, the onside kick is not utilized very much. No, because it's unsuccessful. Right, it doesn't, yeah, it's not very successful. Uh, fourth and fifteen, would that be successful? Is that what are your odds of converting on a fourth and fifteen? Honestly, really good. They're probably better than an onside kick. Yeah, and I think it adds a little more intrigue. Because either way, you're going to get possession in the middle of the field, one way or the other, unless you go big on a fourth and fifteen and convert, and nobody stops you, which is possible. Which is why it makes it interesting. Uh, and I, I feel bad that one didn't go through. That could have been. I fun thought it would have been great. I thought it would have been awesome. Now they would start from their own twenty-five. If they don't get the fifteen yards, the other team would take over possession from wherever the play ended. Uh, now for the rule to pass, twenty-four of the NFL maybe that's why owners, it, because it was at the twenty-five. That doesn't matter though. It's fun. If it was further upfield, maybe they'd say okay. 
But if we don't convert, that's not much field behind us. Uh, 24, for the rule of the past, 24 of the NFL's 32 owners would have had to vote on it at their next meeting, which would be held virtually on May 28th, yesterday. Uh, the NFL owners don't generally approve of dramatic rule changes. In fact, uh, the Colts' nine-point touchdown proposal got shot down in 2015. That was hilarious, actually. Uh, but uh, most owners in, ended up voting against the, uh, the rule and uh, said, no, thank you. Kind of surprised. Like, if you need the ball back and you're in, like, a tight situation, wouldn't you say, yeah? Like, we'll, we'll take our chances on 4th and 15 from our own 25. And if, and we're going to get it. So then we get the ball, and we have, I mean, we get the ball back and a chance to score. Yeah, if you just scored and you have a chance to keep possession, uh, maybe you feel like you've got momentum. I don't know. Maybe you're trying to come back. Maybe you got some trick plays up your sleeve that could be a little more successful than trying to execute an onside kick. That's too bad. I thought that could have been fun. One other uh, slight alteration, too, in the rules is that injured reserve, uh, you can bring three players back from injured reserve rather than two. Which so, actually is a big deal. I think it's important that the the players are putting enough pressure on the league that look you, you have to, and I think it's also a... a, a a coaching perspective too. We have to be able to have more players available to us. The grind of an NFL season is really tough. And we we need to be able to, to adjust our rosters accordingly. Especially if you want to play more games, we're going to need to have more players available. And I think this is one step in that direction. Uh, by the way, it has became official that there will be NBA basketball starting on July 31st. And what format that will be is still up to Adam Silver uh, and the committee as they decide how they want to handle it. But you will see NBA basketball in Orlando on July 31st. Oh, uh, it's become official? Yeah. They've, uh, in fact, a couple of, uh, what is it called? Media outlets have announced it. Oh, okay. Cool. So, July 31st, you'll see NBA basketball coming back. So, that means just, okay, let's work backwards from there. So, yeah. games are going to start on the 31st. That means you're going to have some kind of a training camp probably two weeks at least. Mm-hmm. We're 10 days. Let's just say two weeks to make it simple. Two weeks of a training camp. But then you're also going to need, if you have, if you, part of your team like went home, especially if they went home overseas, you're going to need time for them to get into the country and be self-quarantined for 10 to 14 days. So huh. players probably won't be able to start doing things together until 1st of July? Is that enough time? I mean, like imagine, like if you if you skip the regular season and go straight to playoffs on July thirty first. That I mean, that's that's three weeks, give or take, that you should be ready to go and play if you are playing playoff basketball. It's dude, it's open sesame, man. Like anybody's anybody, anybody can beat anybody. I could get really fun. I just hope the Jazz are ready to go by then. I hope. Well, having this, at least uh, some of this timeline put together, it's going to give players time to figure out 
where they are, arrange travel to get to where they need to be, get their living because some players just some of these guys just rent. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. This time of year, some of them are out of their rental agreements, and so they got to find places. Uh, they got to get into their routines again, start getting their bodies right before they get to training camp with their teams. So it, 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 there is a lead up, there's a ramp up. But now that the NBA is setting something more definitive, that gives a lot of these guys some time and these teams some time to start develop plans. So it's, that's encouraging. Hopefully by the, the start of next week, we'll know exactly what that start means. Is there a play-in tournament that starts on July 31st? That's what we need to find Are there going to be five, six, ten games played? Yeah, how, that's the thing is how many teams are going to be involved, right? I mean, if they just do 16 or 20-team playoff format, there's other teams that aren't are going to be... Well, you you got Utah Jazz that have played 64 games, but you got the Dallas Mavericks who've played 67 games. And if you try to make that even... I mean, there's a lot that can change there with standings. Because Jazz, Thunder, Houston, Dallas, all really close to each other in the standings. Here's Adrian Wojnarowski on when a decision could be made by, or when should it be made by. There's an, an increased sense among the owners that ultimately they're going to let Adam Silver decide, along with the Players Association, uh, the, the return-to-play proposal uh, that he thinks makes the most sense and that they will line up behind him. And I, that's the next step now uh, for the league and for Adam Silver. Uh, they, they expect to have a decision sometime next week. So next week is when we're hoping by of a format and such that of what exactly is going to happen on July 31st, what we're going to be watching. Can't come soon enough, man. I, I just need life sports. Korean baseball has been awesome to watch, but I need something American. <laughs> I mean that in the nicest way. But when, I just, you're not having to stay up way late at yeah, night to be able to go. watch, watch it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what basketball looks like with no fans. Playoff basketball looks like with no fans on a neutral court. How different that's going to be. You know, the uh, when the UFC had their fight, this was, what, two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. No fans? You could hear Everything. Every oh, really? Punch. Every gruesome grunt. Did you like it? Like watching? Uh, no, frankly. Really? And it was a little weird at the end. You mean the guy's climbing the fence and he's yelling and cheering to nobody? Uh, I saw an article. There's, uh, I didn't see a full article. Um, just saw some comments made by some referees saying they'll have to be careful how they call games. If there's no fans, they'll have to really watch what they say. Because they converse uh, to discuss a call or you know what's going on in the course of the game, they have to be careful about what they say because Mike's will pick it up. There won't be much much uh, background noise. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of excited to hear Mike's pick it up, <laughs> just to hear some of the stuff that are said. I'm actually really excited about. Could the players like arguing with them? Oh yeah, I want to. I want to know what Chris Paul is saying to refs half the time. And if it, and then we'll find out if it's technical worthy, if it's different. I'm actually looking, really looking forward to that. Uh, Eric, let's take a break. Okay. Uh, and then we'll come back. And when should we do our five on five? Do you want to do that coming back? Or yeah, let's do wait? that coming back. Okay. So here's our five on five. Eric has five questions. I have five questions. The kicker. It's all about Aggie athletics. Aggie men's basketball. Or Aggie football. 
Did you do anything different? Because if you did, I'm going to lose badly. I did it on Aggie Ultimate Frisbee. No, uh, I did it on uh, Utah State Club Quidditch. <laughs> Who played the snitch in the championship season? Held the sack. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Twenty-three years ago today, the silence greatest, of greatest moment in Utah Jazz history? Question mark. No, it is the greatest moment in Utah Jazz history. Uh, I, what, Exclamation point. <laughs> yeah. What? What other singular when moment? When you send the team to the NBA Finals for the first time, you think how good this team was for like the previous seven years and not touch the NBA Finals and finally get there on a game-winning shot in Houston, your rival. With the greatest point guard to ever play the game, I don't know what else to tell you. And that was a good Houston team. Where were you when he hit that shot? Do you remember? Yes, where? I was uh, thousands and thousands oh, of miles Oh, shut up. Were you on a mission? Yeah. Oh. But I remember after I came home, uh, after the whole that whole playoff season was over, um, my, my parents had recorded that game, that game in Houston. <clears throat> I already knew the outcome, granted. Because it happened like two months prior. I already knew the outcome, but when I watched it start to finish, and that sh- I jumped up and down like I was pumping my fist. <laughs> like, like it just happened in real time. It was amazing. Uh, I still remember sitting with my brother and my dad on the couch, and when he let it go, you knew it was good. Like There was just something about that shot, and I think every Jazz fan... Kind of, he let it go, and then everyone stands up and already hands are in the air because they know it's good. And then he hits it, and then I, we went ballistic, just absolutely nuts in our home. Um, one of the coolest things, it was the, just to watch. And uh, I, I've talked to a couple of guys who were there. Uh, David James, DJ, uh, my man, he was uh, sitting actually underneath the hoop when that shot went in. And he saw it, and he said, as soon as he let it go, like he was like, it was nothing that he already stood up. And if you watch it, um, from the Houston Rockets bench, two players, Eddie Johnson's one of them, because and remember, Eddie Johnson hit a game winner in game four on a turnaround three-pointer for the win. And as soon as he sees Stockton catches it, he is already leaving the court. <laughs> he is already gone because he's like, that's good. And he actually said it after. He's like, I already walked off. As soon as he caught it, I walked off. Hey, moving screen or no? Uh, I've just I've been watching that that replay like not on a constant loop. Carl Malone like gets a bear hug. Oh, I'm Carl Drexler. Yeah, Drexler and pulls him like thirty feet away from Stockton. But the other thing too is you see everybody else. The way that the Jazz ran that inbounds play was perfect. Okay. Everybody's pushing over to the right hand side of the court. Stockton has a whole left side open to him. Do you want to know what's funny about this? And I probably shouldn't be telling this story, but I know he's not listening to our show, so I'll be okay. I was talking with Phil Johnson one time, and I asked him, hey, coach, that play, I mean, did it happen like you drew it up? 
And he kind of just like chuckles a little bit. And he says, look, when you have a game-winning shot go in, you don't care. I'm like, no, 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 stop, stop. Don't give me that. <laughs> That's coach I want to know if that play, I mean, come on. This is like 20 years later. Let's move on, man. What? I mean, why did you draw the play up? And he said, uh, you were hoping to, uh, you just didn't know what kind of look you were going to get. And so you're hoping Carl Malone's going to be open on the wing. But instead, he said, Carl Malone set a screen. And I said, an illegal screen. He's, he's kind of giving me like a look of like, shut up. And uh, instead of going to Carmelo in the high post to have him take the shot, Stockton rolled and he was wide open. So Brian Russell threw it to Stockton instead. It was supposed to there. The first look was Carmelo, who ended up grabbing Craig Drexler. So he said, "All right, I'm just gonna throw it to Stockton." I I, I get it. We're we're viewing the, the that scene and that play from jazz tinted goggles, but. The the pure joy on that whole team after it went in. <laughs> oh, dude, Jerry you just Sloan. Don't see that very Jerry often. Sloan was the most stoic. I'm not gonna smile. I'm not gonna laugh. I don't have time for that guy. And I've never seen him just so excited in my life ever. Well, and Stockton's not like a big, oh yeah, jubilant guy. I mean, they looked like little kids out dude, there. Dude, how high he jumped! Like people don't like people forget. How high he jumped. And then that bear hug in the middle with oh, the, the three awesome. main pillars of the Jazz team awesome. at that point. Hornacek, Stockton, and Malone. Awesome. Just awesome. And I remember Jim Gray asking John Stockton, the final question for him, do you think you could beat Chicago? Well, nobody thought we could beat Houston. <laughs> and remember, that was Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley, Kimo Lajuan, Mario Ellie, uh, Sam Cassell. That team of the Rockets was a bit older, but still pretty dang good. And just couldn't get over, and just, just, I felt bad for Barkley that it had to be him. Uh, you know, such is the case. But what an incredible shot. Oh, just a memory I'll never forget. So why are we playing that clip, you ask? Because today, yeah. as you said, 25 years ago. 23. 23, excuse me. Yeah, 23, 23 years ago today. Uh, so is it the best series-ending game winner in NBA that you've ever seen? Because Damian Lillard have one to beat the Rockets. Ooh. He had one to beat the, the Oklahoma City Thunder from like the logo. <laughs> That's he, tough to beat. Uh, who else? Michael Jordan had Kawhi one to beat Leonard the Cavaliers. Had an incredible one in the yeah, corner. Yeah, bounce like off the rim. That's right. To beat the Sixers. Michael Jordan had a couple. He had the one over Craig Elo. He had the one against the Utah Jazz. Um, Kobe Bryant had one. Yeah, he had one. And then LeBron James doesn't have this. LeBron doesn't have one yet. So, yeah, there's been Pretty quite sure he a deferred few. to someone else to shoot it. <laughs> Jeez. Easy. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, 23 years ago today, John Stockton won it for the Utah Jazz to send him versus the Chicago Bulls in their first ever NBA Finals. What a great, great man. You, you sent me that video, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I just got chills watching it. So uh, a blast from the past for all of you. Speaking of a blast from the past, um, we are going to take a quick break, and coming back, we'll have our five-on-five. Five. we got one more break to use. We're going to use it now. Coming back, our five-on-five. Five Aggie questions from Eric and Audrey. You can play along as well here on the Full Court Press, 106 NFM, 1390 AM. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
Object Salves and Eric Franton with Full Court Press, 106 NFM, 1390 AM, The Fan, 106NTheFan.com. Hope you're having a great Friday. Thanks for joining us, however and wherever you are doing so. Here's how this game works. Five on five is going to be five questions from Eric, five questions from me. All Aggie sports. It could be Quidditch, lacrosse, rugby, soccer, cricket, whatever you got. You can participate, too, by texting in at 435-339-0321. And you can try to help us answer those questions. 435-339-0321 to text into our show. Five straight from you, five straight from me, or are we going to alternate? Should we let's, let's alternate? Let's alternate. Let's alternate. Okay. Okay. Deal. Uh, you want to start? Yeah. You want me to start? Go for it. Okay. Aggies played in two bowl games in the 90s. Okay. In 1992, in their first bowl game, a memorable one, who did they play? Oh. Oh my gosh! Uh, Sorry, ninety three, not nineteen ninety two. Ninety three. Yeah, ninety. Yeah, okay. Matt Wells was a part of this squad, right? Oh my gosh. Um, I was gonna pick another one, but it was too easy. So no, I didn't that's pick a, one. That should be a fair question. I've got mush brain today from projects. I've You've been, been a little bit busy. Yeah. Um, I. How does Ball State sound? Oh. <laughs> Ball State. A win, 42-33 right. in the 1993 Las Vegas Bowl 2 is what it was. That's right. I knew it was in Las Vegas, and I kept wanting to say UNLV, but I kept had <laughs> no. The game was in Las Vegas, but it was not against UNLV, and then that just I couldn't get that out of my head. Okay, Ball State. All right, um, Utah State men's basketball. How many conference tournament championships have they won? Oh, geez. All in all? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. I should know this. This is sad. Um, oh, jeez. I'm going to say 15. Uh, not too bad. Uh, they've actually won 10. Oh, really? They've actually won 10. So wait, this... So conference tournament champions, okay, in 88, and then there was a 10-year gap, and then they won it in 98, 2000, 2001, 2003, 2005. They run an every other year campaign there. A little bit of a gap. Then they started winning them again, 2009, 2011, and then these last two years under coach... Greg Smith, 2019 and 2020. So Utah State has 10 conference tournament championships. That's still that's so impressive. So wait, the last two were the only were the last two to get them into just the double digits? Holy crap, I didn't know that. Wow. Eric, how many total points has Sam Merrill scored in his career as an Aggie? Oh. Uh oh. I know this number. I've, I've looked at it. It's 2,158. Not bad. Not correct. 2,197. You were ah. that close. Where does he rank in Mountain West history with that many points? In Mountain West history? Yep. Ah, oh, man. You got to think. There's some 
been some ballers in the Mountain West over the years. I put him third. Second. Second? Yep. Got to second in the championship game, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. Only behind Jimmer? Uh, yes. Jimmer Fredette's number one? And he's way ahead. He was quite a bit ahead. Okay. Interesting. Good one. Okay, so my next question is kind of related to the first. Uh, how many regular season con- uh, conference championships for USU men's basketball? Okay, that's got to be higher. So I'm going to go 14. You're close. It's actually 16. Oh, come on. <laughs> higher, lower, higher, lower. Come on. Okay, you're close. It's good. Uh, only two players for the Utah State Aggie men's basketball team started every game this season. Who were they? Sam Merrill and Abel Porter. So you got one of two. Do you want to know which one you got right? Abel Porter. Oh. Sam Merrill, remember, sat out a couple oh, of games. Right near the end. Yep. Uh, yeah, or exhibition games because they're like, we don't need you to play. Justin Bean was the other one oh, to start every single game. Okay. Uh, who's, the, who's the all-time steals leader for Utah State basketball? Oh, my gosh. Uh, this one really surprised me. Uh, geez, uh, all-time steals leader, uh, Jared Quayle, Greg Grant. What? Yeah, no way. By based on his size and position, that surprised me. But he is the all-time steals leader at USU. Who was in the uh, Idaho Bowl and Idaho Potato Bowl in two thousand? Excuse me, in nineteen ninety-seven. Who was the uh, MVP for Utah State? Defensive MVP for Utah State. Oh, I'm throwing you back here, but we got like 15 seconds. Uh, Let's go Steve Smith. Oh, Steve Smith. He had a great game that day, even though they got flattened by Cincinnati. Okay. My last question for you. Who was your career passing yards leader for USU football? Anthony Cavillo. No, Jose Fuentes. Good night, everybody.